0: We sit glued to the TV set all night, and every night, why go into the outside world at all, it's such a fright, we got nothing better to do Then watch TV and have
1: a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 129. Today we are talking about Whitney, Happy Endings, Community, The Killing, Game of Thrones, and Mad Men. You'll be able to find the full show notes with the time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash... 129. I'm Jason, the TV holic from TV com, And this week I have joining me.
0: I'm Joel Keller from, uh, I guess, antenna free TV and various other publications, but antenna free TV is my podcast.
1: And
2: I'm Makisha Madden Toby with the Detroit news. And my podcast is called TV madness with Makisha Madden Toby,
1: which makes sense. And I'm a TV
2: critic. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you both for joining me. And, uh, as a first time guest. uh, on the podcast, we always ask, you know, a little bit to get to know uh, each of you. So, first off, how did uh, each of you get into, you know, television and uh, being a TV critic? You know, how about uh, Joel? We start off with you. Uh, pretty.
0: It was interesting. I used to. I used to work in IT for a long time, but it's uh, somewhere around 2005. I'd always wanted to write about TV, but uh, I got introduced to uh, a few people at the site TV Squad, which was very small at the time, and uh, became a blogger there. Eventually became the editor-in-chief there in 2009 or 10. And, and while I was there, I was I did a couple of versions of of a podcast that went out to uh, all the readers of TV Squad, uh, one that was led by our old editor and one that I did myself. Uh, and when uh, I left AOL or AOL decided to uh, leave me, um, I decided to start the podcast on my own, and it, that's what became Antenna Free TV. Uh, I was there with another Jason, Jason Hughes, and, uh, who had been doing the TV Squad podcast with me, and we just decided to start doing them on our own, and eight or nine months later, we have, uh, we have our little podcast chugging along. So that's, uh, that's how we came, up, came about getting all this uh, underway.
1: And uh, how about you, Makisha?
2: I've been a TV critic probably about 10 years at two different papers. I started off uh, doing stand-up, actually, uh, in Seattle, and then I was at the News Tribune at the time, and my editors liked a lot of the stuff that I wrote and my voice, probably because they liked my sense of humor and offered me a chance to be the TV critic, Um, and that that was like 10 years ago. And then I left Tacoma and went to the Detroit News, which is like my hometown paper where I grew up and uh, eventually became the TV critic there. I've been the TV critic there since 2006. And the podcast sort of came out came about because I'd been podcasting with or for them in various capacities when we had the S- Super Bowl there and, and different stuff like that, but never a, a specific television <laughs> podcast. And it was something I really wanted to do. And so I just sort of, as a you know a frequent guest in a lot of NPR shows, started working with NPR West here in Los Angeles because i 'm based in los Angeles Los Angeles, but I write for the Detroit News, which is a whole other story um but, but uh it's been 's it's it's been awesome and i've been doing my podcast since October
1: all right, so you were up here in my neck of the woods for a while then huh
2: yeah yeah i was uh, I started off at the Seattle Times as an intern and then worked at the News Tribune for four years before coming before going back to Detroit. So, yeah, I loved it.
1: Okay, well, uh, we'll have uh, links at uh, tvtimes3.com slash 129 where you can find uh, both Joel and Makisha and, and their podcasts.
2: Thanks for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Now we'll jump into the news. Uh, the first uh, item we have up is uh, BBC, BBC America has renewed the original Being Human for a fifth season. Uh, either of you watch have watched uh, the original Being Human? Can't say as I have. I unfortunately. have, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, but it looks. I mean, it's cool for the, that episode
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a uh, well, it's cool for fans of the show that uh, like. I I've been watching the show. You know, I really like the first season of it. It has a really good first season, and then they really have sort of lost track of where they they needed it or where they should have gone with it. But if uh, you're a fan, it's coming. What back do you for
2: think of the American version?
1: I like the American version. I think I actually like it more this season than in the first season. Because in the first season, it was very reminiscent of, while they sort of tweaked things a little bit, everything was very familiar mm-hmm. if you had seen the first couple seasons of of the original version. But they seem to have uh, diverged and made it its sort of its own show in its second season, which I like.
0: That's
2: good. That's always good whenever you have a... a- British ripoff. (laughs) As we know, with the office, it's always better to have your own trajectory and have your own storylines and your own character developments. And they had to start somewhere, I guess, but
1: yeah, it was kind of like shameless on, on Showtime. The first season of that, I mean, the first handful of episodes weren't just, weren't just similar. They were like, Verbatim, you know, <laughs> exactly the same script, pretty much, just changed a few British-sounding words to uh, to American-sounding ones.
0: I was going to say, so that's why I, that's why I was annoyed by Shameless. The first few episodes of Shameless,
2: <laughs> it got better. It got yeah. better. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, that's. I, I remember watching those first, you know, maybe four or five episodes. I'm like, God, this is. I mean, not the, I mean, this isn't even something about the British version. This is more like. No wonder why it seemed like such a silly show, you know. So, uh, for what it's supposed to be. So, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah no, no, but it it, it definitely was because, like, like, it was one of those things where uh, it, I got the disc from Netflix to see. Well, let's. I'll take a look at see what's happening with the this, and I was watching it, but I'd watched the the U.S. version first. So I was watching it, going, "Wow, they just they just took the same." They just put it in a new they just put it in an American city and they put it in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And and that that's it. That's the only change. Right.
0: well I'm sure everybody in the American version's uh ever so slightly better looking.
1: <laughs> right,
2: with better teeth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even, even like even like uh the people who are supposed to be uh 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 like homeless and you know like even like the people who are supposed to be like really nasty are like slightly better looking in the American version.
1: Yeah, even the even the drunks and the Right <laughs> and everything. Right. Yeah, other patrons at the bar and whatnot. Right.
2: They have beautiful teeth. Exactly. <laughs> beautiful.
1: Uh the next uh, item on the list is uh, Fox has renewed Bones for an eighth season. Either of you watch Bones.
0: I don't. My my brother is a Bones fanatic, but I guess it the the genetics have not transferred over. So <laughs> it's not, yeah. yeah. Uh I have Hart Hansen in my Twitter feed, so he's very entertaining. Uh but yeah, know, I'm not a big Bones watcher. I just know that, you know, uh, uh, Emily Deschanel is pregnant during the season. That's about all I really know.
2: And because she was pregnant, they spun off that Finder show, which is probably going to be canceled, which is basically or essentially just a placeholder, which I don't know if it's a disservice to, te- to television viewers, but it definitely wasn't a service.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. It, yeah, you know, the, the Finder is yeah the Finder is a weird show in that they even decided to change it up from the sort of backdoor pilot that they had during you know during an episode of Bones, and you know changed up some characters and and sort of the direction of the show and into some things that just make no sense whatsoever. There's no way that a 16 year old girl on out on you know parole basically. Is going to be allowed to live in a trailer next to a bar where two guys live? It just—I don't care. It just wouldn't happen.
0: I mean, is this—is this—is the Finder all right in, in the realm of Fox spinoffs of hour-long shows? Is this as bad as Lone Gunmen? <laughs> or or no, it's or, not
1: quite that. If if you chop no. off the sort of the teen girl, you know, side of the storyline. The Finder is okay. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of it's like fun. Like a gypsy drifter. Yeah, gypsy, they, you gypsy. know, if you cut off the gypsy side of the story, the Finder <laughs> himself, the guy that the guy that plays the Finder, and that character is fun to watch. You know, yeah. they have a lot of fun with it. But yeah, as a whole,
2: Jeff Stoltz is Jeff Stoltz. Excuse me, is is a fantastic actor. He just has not found his show yet. That's it's just one of those guys that you're just sort of rooting for, <laughs> kind of like Joe McHale two years ago, where you're just like, right. please find a hit. Please, please, somebody give this man a hit. I mean, he's so nice. He's so funny. But they just, I mean, October Road, um, you know, just the list goes on. And, <laughs> and he just can't find his show. You know what I mean? It's, he's so great. And this isn't it either, sadly. This is not it.
1: Not so. a big October Road fan. You weren't trying to save the road? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. Yeah, that,
0: that show was not fun to watch, October Road. I remember that. Uh, Well, in an eighth season, you know, I mean, I guess they need – with House going away, they kind of need like a solid Mm -hmm. uh, hour-long show. But in an eighth season, where can this show go at this point? You know, I mean, from what I know, they've gotten together, they've split apart. You know, isn't it mostly – I know it's about the cases, but –
1: Yeah, I think probably most – it'll be somewhat of them being parents as as well going forward. But it definitely – Definitely has had some ups and downs and some rocky, you know, a rocky road in, in my, from my point of view over the last, uh, over the last few seasons. And just the whole way that they ended up getting them together, it was almost like, well, she's pregnant. Uh, let's, why don't we write that into the show? And, and then it was like, <laughs> Is it and then, it, then she announces that she's pregnant and, and, hey, Booth, you're the father. But you never, you never, and, oh, it happened. Remember this scene that you saw where they were crying over the loss of somebody <laughs> they ended up right. hooking up that night and that's where they got pregnant and they ended up together and you're like really that was so they, that they
0: was the best cheated thing they the did. fans they cheated the fans out of their hookup moment yeah they did <laughs> so they invested they all did. this time you know <laughs> well in i mean but, here's the thing.
2: I, I actually i'm actually glad they did in a way because that's the problem when you have these will they or won't they type setups and so no matter how they would have, it would have been on some level a disappointment. So it's kind of nice that they they did, but we didn't see it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, mom and dad did something because we're here. They did, be, but we didn't see it. And that's fine. Like, I, I, I like that in a way, because it sort of just keeps the show about her and and, and her being a detective and and or her having that scientific you know knack and but not really being a people's person. Or, you know, what I mean, it's, I like that. I kind of like that.
0: I think the pregnancy is a ploy of, on Emily Deschanel's part to, uh, to to recapture the Deschanel Fox crown from her sister Zoe <laughs> to, to, to put the spotlight back on her because Zoe's been it's taking off all the spotlight the last the last season. So <laughs> um, that's my feeling. Not knowing anything about the show, uh, or what's going on the show.
2: you know what so. I like about Bones? I like that Fox has pretty much invested very little in that show in terms of marketing and advertising other than saying, Hey, it's on Thursday nights, watch it if you want to. And, um, in the, in spite of that, it's done great and it has a r- hardcore audience, <laughs> and it keeps growing because of syndication. And
1: I- now they put it on Monday night as of tonight, and I think now it'll have been on pretty much every night of the week at some point. <laughs> I was
0: say, that show has been on every, it's like, it's like they're almost like their version of Rules of Engagement. Just plug it in wherever there's a spot. It just gets better ratings yeah. and Rules of Engagement. But yeah, plug it in whenever there's an open spot. It's and
2: amazing. I think, yeah, and I think all the networks to some extent have that show where they don't ever really acknowledge it with pride. But at the same time, they're never going to kill it because they're not stupid. But it's just sort of it's comical when you think about how much they've moved it, how little they've invested, in it, how little they seem to care about it, and yet here it is all the time getting renewed, and no one ever really wor- worries about it being on the bubble or not coming back. And then you know it got a spinoff, not a great spinoff, but that also speaks to it as a brand, if you will.
0: And, and you know, and it's good, and, and it's good to see a guy like like Hart Hansen do well and and get because he's he's one of the more engaged. Um, Showrunners out there, and and he's very well engaged on on Twitter, and and he reaches out, and he's very friendly to critics and and uh, journalists, and it's just to see guys like him and somebody we're going to talk about a little bit later, uh, Dan Harmon, you know, seeing those guys that are are engaged with their public and engage with uh, more so the public than us. We, nobody cares if, if people are engaged with us, the journalists, but seeing that usually to me it, it is. Seeing them do well is usually a good thing. That means that that engagement has worked.
1: Okay, so uh, the next uh, item on the, the list uh, is that there's uh, apparently been some trouble on the set of community uh, between Chevy Chase and Dan Harmon. And uh,
0: What are the chances of this being – because Dan Harmon has been tweeting to people that don't comment on what you don't know about. And this has been around for a month. It was on Reddit last month and it's only out in the mainstream news now. And I'm wondering if this is, like, just more of just Chevy just being a-hole in general and Dan Harmon just saying, well, you know, this is just an example of Chevy being Chevy. And this is not, like, any kind of threat of Chevy leaving the show. I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you guys read all the story, the the news about it?
1: Yeah, Well, read the, read the story about it. It seemed more like sort of maybe Chevy being a little bit Chevy, but then during a day where he didn't really have they didn't have anything for him to do. Like there was no script. So he left, <laughs> but then, but then never came back. <laughs> and so I'm not sure exactly how they felt, what they ended up filming. That'd be interesting is what they ended up filming for the, apparently that was for the the final episode. And then Dan Harmon being, you know, pissy in the, in the, the rap party and, and sort of, yeah you know, and if Dan Harmon was really doing that and, you know, Chevy's there with his wife and, you know, and family or whatever, and everybody else there. That's kind of uncool, too. But uh, it all just, you know, if nothing else, it's just more publicity for the show.
2: Is it publicity that helps the show? Because
1: yeah, I, I don't, don't think know.
2: people are going to say, let me tune in and see if Chevy has an attitude in the scene. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, it, it, it helps keep it in the news because now it's like, is Chevy going to leave the show? You know?
1: Yeah. yeah is the show going to be back? Is, you know, it may help for, uh, you know, I can't wait to see the the finale that they <laughs> that they filmed, you know. <laughs> I
2: have a great community and Joel story as as it, it it turns out. Joel and I went to a set visit 2 years ago. You remember this for the TCA's? Yeah. And yeah. they had ice cream sandwiches out. We had a we had a moment. It was great. Anyway, so <laughs> we went to the set visit and it just felt like and correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, it just felt like there was this constant how can I put it? there was a constant like vying for top dog comedy position thing going on. And however you, however more eloquently I could put that, I guess I can't, but what what I felt like was just that like Chevy, you know, Chevy's funny. You know, Ken's funny. You know, Joel is funny. Dan Harmon is funny. And so there was this constant, it seemed, at least for me to be like this, I wouldn't say like competition, but this one upsmanship thing going on where, I can only see, and of course, this is just you know what I observed, and who knows where, if that even has anything to do with what's happening now. But if what I saw played any part, I wouldn't be surprised because it's always like who's the smartest and who's the funniest in the
0: room. Well, they they Those always try of. to. Well, I was gonna say they always try to to, to portray that set as like this the funny, you know, like the, everybody's happy, and this is like the best working environment ever, and everybody jokes with each other, and everybody's hilarious, and 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 you always wonder if that's true. Because, you know, when we come on and, and we do these TCA set visits and we they hurt us onto the set, you know, we don't see what's going on, really. We just see, you know, well, the, they the, five yeah, they the five minutes. Yeah, they read the five minutes that were there. And, you know, maybe it's it, it is a case where instead of it being this happy-go-lucky set there... They're all friendly and it's all a great set and everybody jokes at each other, but everybody tries to one up each other. Maybe sometimes, like you said, maybe it gets a little bit out of control. I mean, right. I will say, you know, if anybody's a, a veteran listener of the Howard Stern Show, uh, that that phone message that Chevy left for Dan Harmon that Dan played in some stand-up act that he was doing, I guess, to to keep his mind fresh or something, I don't know, sounds – without the swear words sounds very much like a phone message he – he left for uh, Howard, uh, you know, about 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, now he and Howard are buddies. So, you know, it, it Chevy Chase is a Chevy Chase. And he can be, uh, a, you know, from what everybody has said, a, a raging a-hole. So, you know, that doesn't mean that he's going to be out of a job either. Um, just to let you guys know, my colleague, my old AOL colleague, my, Maggie Furlong, had a great interview with Chevy right before he had this meltdown where he said things like, oh. I don't like the direction of the show. And, wow. uh, I don't think I'm going to be here much longer. And I, it was on the Huffington post and, and I read it and I, and I was like, I don't know if this, this sounds like just Chevy being just grumpy old Chevy, you know? Yeah. So who knows? It, I I could see, I could see it going either way completely.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: But it's fun but to watch that, while, that, while it's that- <laughs> happening.
2: Well, right, with that caliber of, of talent, though, I mean, to some extent, it, I wouldn't say it was it was bound to happen, but it was only a matter of time. Because, like you say, it's Chevy being just grumpy old Chevy. But if you look at it from, like, sort of level of, cre- you know, cre- credit and how much stuff, you know, he has the most. He has the longest resume. He's been around the longest. People know him the most. He was the name, even, you know, I wouldn't say marquee name, but he was the name that was more recognizable than even Joe McHale's. And so... You you wonder with that like you have to you have to know on some level that ego plays a part like if he comes back or not it's just it's always gonna be there maybe they can figure out a way to build on that and tap into it and like you said no publicity is bad publicity but ego has to be a part of now you're talking about Chevy Chase
0: yeah they'll they'll be happy but if, they're, if they come back for four season even with Chevy they'll be happy so no big deal
2: yeah
0: <laughs> that's you know I think that's the goal is to get that four season and get the big syndication money you know. Exactly,
1: And it seems with the way that it's come back since its hiatus that it's more likely than it was before it went on the hiatus. The big giant hiatus that everybody was up in arms about seems to have actually helped the show. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a weird thing because at least maybe, you know, something like this where maybe it's, a don't know, a little more niche comedy or something like that. But when you have these big breaks like this uh, for like these dramas, you know, or these – You know, these big shows that try to have some sort of overarching thing, like, you know, like a Lost or something like that, that has a, you know, a big mythology to it. And then you you put a big break in the middle of it and it just dies between, you know, between things. So it's kind of interesting to see, for a comedy at least, uh, this go around, you know, a big break actually sort of, uh, there was something there. People were like, you know, well, it might be gone if if we don't watch it when it's on TV, you know, (laughs) it's going to disappear
0: and well i i also think too that 30 rock going in that slot and getting even fewer viewers
1: yeah kind of showed <laughs> a
0: lot of people that and 30 rock is supposed to be you know, the gold standard of comedy on nbc and uh you know probably showed viewers and showed dan harmon that you know it's not it's not the show it's the time slot so
2: it's the time you slot know,
0: you know i although i mean you know and we'll talk about the episode that was just on but you know some of it could be the show too because <laughs> It, it's 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 not a very accessible show to people who are not fans of it in, in a lot of ways. So but it, the fact that it's doing pretty well now is is and, and I, there's a lot of factors pointing to a fourth season. It would be a surprise. if To me, it would be a surprise if they didn't get one. So,
2: yeah, I agree.
1: OK, well, you'll be able to find links to each of these news stories at TV times dot com slash one twenty nine. If you want to read them for yourself. And uh, now we will jump into our primetime segment Uh, covering uh, a few shows from the last week, uh, Monday, March 26th through April 1st. And the first show we have on our list is uh, Whitney, Season 1, Episode 22, Something Black, Something Blue, the season finale.
2: (laughs) That's all you do. Most likely the
1: series finale, but, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, people are like, why are we talking about Whitney (laughs) on this podcast? (laughs) Uh, I, I actually put in the request to talk about Whitney because, don't get me wrong, Whitney is not a good show. By any stretch of the imagination. But it's just a fascinating example of how especially comedies manage to rework themselves over the course of their first – into their second seasons. And what you see at the end of the season is not what you see at the beginning of the season. Because Whitney is a completely different show than at the end of the season than it was at the beginning. It is. Yeah.
1: And what's weird is it really changed in like the last four or five episodes of the season. Is like where – the real changes came through. Yeah,
0: you mean like uh, the fact that it's, you know, the, the other characters actually got personalities and, you know, the the one guy, the guy who used to be on 30 Rock, his character's all of a sudden gay. And, what? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> went yeah. from being, not just, went from being about to get married yeah to, to that relationship breaking up and him being gay and now him and his fiance are like best buds.
0: They're in this weird codependent relationship now so that everybody just points and says, boy, you two are weird now. Didn't you just break? Did not you break up and he came out in the closet? You know, um, and then and then you've got the other two characters, the guy who <laughs> thinks he's the uh, he's the Lothario and the bitter single woman uh, uh, all of a sudden somehow. Falling for each other He's falling for her And like It's like They they shoehorn stories Onto these other Four characters Kind of take the burden Off of Whitney And And Crystalia's Characters And And it also Made them less Caustic and bitter Towards each other And it You know And, and I think even uh, Whitney's acknowledged That they had to Take some of the Burden off her Because she was Carrying like All the episodes And it was just You know It was just too much It was just too much For one One person so, and then the show, I don't know, Jason, do you think you got better? Do you, watch, do you watch the show?
1: I watched every episode. There's a show every season that's not good that I, somewhat, for some reason, end up sticking with.
0: To hope it gets better. Yeah.
1: Like, just to see what happens. It's like, you know, sort of train wreck television or something like that. Uh, uh, just to see, like, what happens. You know, is will it change? Is there something... It's it's basically another you know another version of a friends type of that type of comedy. The thing for me is it was never it it always felt almost more like an SNL sketch than than they yeah. were than they were doing it because just the way the jokes were set up and delivered and stuff like that it was like they were waiting for the laugh <laughs> you know type of thing or yeah. you know, Whitney would. Whitney laughs at, like, everything that's supposed to be funny, you know, that whether she says it or somebody else says it. She's always got this big, like, laughing smile on her face. And it just came – everything came across as awkward when they were going through, even if the joke was sort of funny. You know, it, it, it just came across as awkward. And I think they've, you know, as would happen normally, I think they've come together better as a group. And I right. think, like you said, they started using uh, more characters where – Uh, Things started, you know, more things were happening and, you know, Whitney wasn't there, you know. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. right. It didn't have to, you know, everything didn't revolve around necessarily her character. And uh, so I'd say overall it's probably slightly better, but it's still not, you know, still it's good. (laughs)
0: It's still still ragingly mediocre, but (laughs) – and it's probably going to get canceled. I mean they had minuscule ratings by the time it was over, but – You know, it's just, but I kind of contrast it to a show like Smash, which started off really well and now it's kind of bad. You know, where, you know, a show that comedies really do tend to. I've seen very few comedies start bad and stay bad. A lot of comedies start bad and at least struggle their way up to, you know, okay.
1: Yes. Or sometimes you have, uh, or you have things like, like Parks and Recreation, which was, which was bad until into its second season. And then mm-hmm. they sort of figured out they stopped being like the office, office. light, you know yeah. right, the office, they, they, and yeah. they started being their own show, and they figured out what things in within that worked, and they they stuck with those, and they brought and again in that, they brought sort of the rest of the ensemble out and used them more in in that, and then something like Cougar Town, the same thing, like you know it was about six or seven episodes in, and they figured you know it, this group is actually really funny. Yeah. Right.
2: yeah, but Whitney if, Whitney will never be Parks and Recreation. Let's just be clear. Yeah, on that. Well, we'll, never
1: well, it's, be- <laughs> it's, it's with twenty two episodes under its belt. It's shown what it's going to be. Right. Yeah.
0: Here, here's here's the difference. You know, the they, Parks and Rec first season was only six episodes. Yeah. You know, you said Cougar Town five or six episodes. It took Whitney twenty two episodes to get to this point, and this point is still not all that good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. It, it's just more. It's just less annoying. But, so I mean, that's it's, the it's difference.
2: still not as annoying as as are you there, Chelsea? I still think, for as bad as it is, that Chelsea show is worse. That's
0: just me. yeah. The ironic thing about are you maybe it's not that ironic, about are you there, Chelsea? Is that the 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 to me the show is not that great, but when it gets worse is when Chelsea Handler's on the screen. When she's <laughs> not, the show's actually a hundred times better.
1: The thing with the NBC comedies that pisses me off is that they just didn't do anything with bent, which when i saw all the you know the screeners of their comedies well i didn't didn't see best friends forever until some recently but right. of all the other ones that they had bent was the best like the first yeah. episode it was the best and had what could be potential and looked to be like you know a little bit of chemistry between the leads and some of the other characters seemed to play off of each other you know and even though they changed some things from the original pilot you know, it still works. I I've watched the last two. You know, I've watched all four episodes so far that they've aired of the six, and it just makes me smile. You know, right. just it's it's just fun to watch, and you just go, "Damn you, NBC! What? You go oh, twenty just- twenty two episodes of Whitney and thirteen episodes of Are You There, Chelsea? <laughs> and this you just blow off in three weeks? Right.
0: The this show's gonna be gone. You know, they they they're they're not even thinking about picking it back up. I mean, they just they just set it up for failure. You know. I mean, what did it get, 2.8 million viewers its first week? Something like that.
1: Yeah, and then dropped in the second episode. Yeah. But it's
2: so cute. I love it. It's so endearing. I love the cast. I love love the storyline. It just was really, like you said, Jason, it's sort of like, oh, that's good. So that means it'll do horribly. And this other show, which is just like something somebody scraped off the bottom of the bathroom floor, it
0: gets 22 episodes. What I don't get is why they didn't wait to pair it up with Best Friends Forever. It seems like those two would be compatible with each other.
1: Yeah. In, yeah. Instead of sort of like blowing these out and then bringing them on, you know, or or even getting rid of Chelsea, which wasn't going anywhere and and even pairing it up for with Whitney or something like that in that in that that hour comedy block, you know, that they've been trying to to do or, you know,
2: or saving it for summer and giving it, I don't know, 12 episodes and actually leaving it alone, like giving it a shot and maybe in that with a more relaxed audience base i mean if you can put what was that love sucks or
1: love whatever whatever that
0: (laughs) yeah well there was there was a reason why yeah but it it did suck that's the problem that's why it was on in the summer you know (laughs)
1: so well the other thing that's weird though is it's sort of in this weird time frame like it's not quite it's towards the end of the season but not at the end of the season like a you know they didn't bring it on like a parks and rec or something like that to run it out like the last six weeks of the season you know, uh, or or something like that. It's sort of in this weird spot. I don't know if they were hoping because most everything else is in repeats or something like that that maybe it would.
0: I don't see a reason why they wouldn't have why they wouldn't have followed the ABC model. You know, and in like they did with Happy Endings last year. You know, insert a show late in the season to a successful lineup, see what it does. I mean, they it 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 got it got Happy Endings a renewal. Well, you know, and why not like run up all night as new every week until April and then put in the six episodes of Bent at 9.30. I mean, what, Up All Night is some stalwart of the schedule? You know, in fact, I think <laughs> Up All Night's one of the few sitcoms that have actually gotten worse by the end of its, its first season. Oh. And it's gotten better. Why, why couldn't they do that? Bent fits perfectly in that schedule.
1: Anywhere, if they, it just, yeah, to give it a better, a better shot of actually finding
0: exactly.
1: an, an audience. Or, you know, even maybe an advertisement or something, or, or I don't know. But, uh, speaking of happy endings, that's the next show on our list.
0: I'm good at the segues, Jason.
1: Uh, season two, episode 20, Big White Lies was the last episode to air.
0: I, you know, it's, it's happy endings. I thought it was funny cause it was just a big old, uh, three's company spoof, you know, half an hour's worth of that, which, you know, I don't know if half the people who watch the show and remember the three's company, but that's okay. I thought it was
1: funny. (laughs) It was pretty funny in that it just – it's something that this show kind of does well, you know, where it just – one little thing just starts and then it completely spins out of control Right. by the end. But within the show, it's just – it's become one of my favorite comedies. I look forward to it each week, which I've been happy to get, you know, episodes, but a little bit disappointed that, like, it's just being – it's running out the string so that they can bring in Apartment 23 to – you know it's sort of been sitting out there by itself but i've been enjoying the episodes i think it's one of the you know better written comedies in that i think it's accessible and very you know it sort of bridges the gap between things like 30 rock and community and modern family or something that's more or, you know something that's broadly accessible
2: yeah because the difference is like what you're saying the, the the complaint or comment that i've heard most commonly about community is that it's too late now. I've too, heard too many people say, oh, I didn't get on, get in on it in the first couple seasons or first season, and I don't know what's going on. I don't get it. It's too late for me. No one could ever, should ever say that about Happy Endings. It's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late to get in and just laugh, and it's just mindless and fun, and it's so just refreshing. It's just refreshing to just experience, like, sure, it's like Friends, and but is that so bad? And they're not, but they're not the kids. They're not the kids. They're not the, they're not the people from Friends. They're a whole different set of friends, and it's just – I love it. I love how each one of them sort of evolves a little bit more um, every every episode, and I love where they're going with Dave, and I love how Alex is just completely stupid now but but has these moments of wisdom. I just – I love it. I think it's just so – I never watched it and not laughed really hard. Every time I watch it, I laugh a little bit harder. It's just funny.
1: Yeah, the, I think the Alex characters become my favorite. They What they've – talking about morphing a character – or, you know, right. She wasn't exactly super bright in in the first season or in the first few episodes, but they've really accentuated that, and she's really good at delivering those who, lines. Who knew, she, right? At least she Yeah, no kidding.
0: <laughs> who knew? I, I, that's <laughs> he, wasn't she Kim Bauer on Twenty Four? <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I, that's I, the joke. I, I she's just, good. You know, and, and the funny thing about Happy Endings is I don't think people if you can you can tune in now and you don't have to know about that first episode because they make reference to it every so often about how Alex and Dave's relationship fell apart and that kind of thing. And they slept together, obviously, in an episode earlier season. And but it's not like you need you don't have to even in fact, that first episode almost doesn't matter in the in it in the history of the show now. It's almost like they have basically ignored it you know and that's what the whole ser- cuz i remember when that when the show first came out uh the critics obviously saw it in june of 2010 and we didn't see it till april of 2011 so it's like you know that's all we had to hang our hats on for almost a year
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah so that it was about this you know I was one of the few people who actually thought the pilot was really good. Uh the episodes after that were not so good. And now but it but since the end of the second, first season and, and on forward it's just really it's become one of my favorites as well. It's just it's just such a fun show to watch. Even when episodes aren't great, it's still fun to watch.
1: The first season is better if you actually watch them in the in order in, in order yeah. not the uh, order that they aired.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. What
2: was that about? It was so strange. we were, my husband and I love the show, and we were just we we're like, this seems, this isn't right. Like it was completely out of order. <laughs> they were just throwing episodes on the wall at that point. And yeah, I don't because all know of what a sudden you're watching like.
1: an episode, you're like, wait, why is Dave moving in? I thought he lived there already. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> my guess is that my guess is that ABC took pick the strongest episodes and put them up front, and yeah, maybe I think that's, that's what they the did.
1: Show. And I think originally they weren't necessarily going to play like. 12 you know they ended up playing like 12 of the 13 episodes i think they originally were only going to play some of them but it did you know somewhat well enough that they kept playing the episodes and then you know they played the one episode that you know towards the end of the summer so they had them all aired but if yeah if you actually watch the 13 episodes it actually has a, a nice little arc Uh, in in there from the beginning to where it ends. Uh, That's the only thing I wish they kind of would do on happy endings is while each episode is really funny. I wish they would sort of decide where they want to go with some of these characters is sometimes Mm -hmm. like by the end of the first season, it almost seemed like they were going to try and put Dave and Alex back together. And then by the time the second season starts that, that that was gone like it was Right. It, the show opens up like a year almost you know a year later or something and they've changed things and then at times they, they sort of like hinted at well maybe we'll put Dave and Penny Dave together Penny. and then it was like well now we're going to play with Dave and Penny our brother and sister you know and all these different things within that for somebody that watches on a you know a continual basis I wish they would sort of figure out where they w- want to go
0: the, the one character no. I worry about is Max because he was such a strong character, Adam Powley's character, coming out of the premiere, you know. And, and they've kind of monkeyed with him a little bit and they've weakened his character a lot, you know, it, you it, think so? to me. The
2: bear they, they, episode, so I just I, – we had to pause it because <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I mean I don't necessarily think that that makes his character stronger, but it is so funny. It doesn't – I mean it's yeah. just so funny. It's just yeah, – I, I, I just don't want to give it too much thought.
0: But that episode, that episode actually felt like it was out of order in the yeah, season. Yeah, that one too. did
1: too, uh, as well a little bit, because um, it it was like hadn't he, you know, started dating the other guy or something in there? It seemed weird. You to know come what? In.
2: You're right because then it was supposed to be. In fact, we I don't know if you guys were in on that call, but we had a call with the guy who played his boyfriend. Um, the dude from
0: Lone Star, right?
2: Right from Lone Star. Why his, his name is Oh, James James Polk.
0: Yeah. And so.
2: We got a chance to interview him, and he said, "Okay, they're gonna my story arc. If you know, will be from I guess right before Valentine's Day, and then a couple weeks after, and oh, or James woke, and it didn't happen that way. It was like the first two episodes, like he said, happened right before Valentine's Day, right after Valentine's Day, and then they threw the bear one in there, and then they broke up the next week. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, because <laughs> when he was a bear." He didn't even have a boyfriend. Nothing.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be like sort of like Groundhog's Day or something like that. It was like, shouldn't it have sort of a play on that? I, I don't know. It felt like it was it was definitely out of order, but it was completely hilarious. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the,
2: so funny. The,
1: the Russian bear on the on the unicycle was, I think, my favorite of, <laughs> of the various yeah. bears that they had him uh, doing. I like
2: the honey.
0: That's that's the max I like seeing. That's the max. I, you know, just. Completely like disregarding people's feelings and just being being himself. That's the one I like seeing.
2: You didn't like him with a boyfriend.
0: Yeah, he was a little wimpy with a boyfriend. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
1: <laughs> I think, like you said, though, in in this episode, they had some things that were, you know, either a play off of something in pop culture past, uh, which they do, or you know, and sometimes they get a little, you know, self referential. On occasion, but I think for the most part, you don't actually need to know any of that stuff. Like, there's certain references that almost become like they're like Easter eggs or bonuses. Like, the episode's just funny, but if you happen to catch these other three things, it's really funny. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to, to do that. I think. Psych has become a show that kind of does that. They do, like, a special episode that is all about a certain thing, you know, like an Indiana Jones or or something like that. But even if you've never seen what they're basing it off of, it still is funny, you know, and, right. and it still plays really well. I think that's what Happy Endings does uh, really well, which on one level sort of surprised me that it doesn't do a little better in the ratings. Like, Like, who watches Modern Family and then turns the TV off? <laughs> and doesn't watch Happy Endings. I don't understand that.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe they're watching Are You There, Chelsea, on DVR. I don't know. But it's...
1: <laughs>
0: it, yeah. It seems to dovetail very well Modern Family, and I don't see why they people wouldn't well, be watching it. Well,
2: does it, though? I think it's, it's, it's sort of one of those shows where I wouldn't say it's like Cougar Town in that way, but in a way it is in that it's not a family show. And so... But if you're doing the family thing, for instance, if you're doing middle, *Suburgatory*, *Family*, uh, *Modern Family*, and you're doing just the mo- just the family comedies, then in that way,
1: yeah, happy that's why I think that it. they ought to put *Last Man Standing*, *The Middle*, *Modern Family*, *Suburgatory*, and it'd be all family comedies on Wednesday, and then do their Tuesday do Tuesday night comedies and do stuff with *Happy Endings* and Cougartown and. You know, even if Apartment yeah. 23 ends up working out, it could fit more in that type of style of, uh, of comedy, and, you know, sort of uh, the friends based, you know, around a, a different type of family right. sort of comedy. And right. I think I'm, that would work.
2: Trying to, yeah, they're tinkering with it and trying to figure it out. And I think that maybe it'll, pre, you know, that opportunity will present itself if, if Apartment 23 does well. And then maybe they'll say, you know what, these are three good comedies, but they're not family comedies. Let's give it. Let's try another night. I don't think there's any harm in it. I mean, if they can air work it and man up, then they can try to figure out another night of comp. You know what I mean? Like, come on. You take bad risks. Take good risks.
0: Yeah. Right. It, well, it does feel like they tried to, like, roll the dice with those shows before they, like, rolled out, uh, you know, Apartment 23 and some of the quote-unquote better shows that they have, new shows, you know? It feels like, all right, let's sort of work it out there, and if it becomes hit, great. If not, we'll just cancel after two, two weeks because it sucks so bad, you know? Sometimes sometimes I wonder if like network executives are smarter than we think they are.
2: Well, maybe Paulie. not. I don't saying it's a lack of intelligence. I think Paulie is intelligent. Don't get me wrong. But I think he just has his own British sensibilities and humor, and he even said it. He said, yeah. hey, I like men in drag, and that's funny to me. So it was sort of like one of those things like, screw you, critics. I'm putting it on, and I know it's probably going to suck, and I know people are probably going to watch it, and it's probably going to tank in the ratings, but I like it. So I have that power. I'm going to do it. And that's really what it felt like, and then it wasn't a shock that it was canceled in two weeks because he, he just <laughs> wanted to prove he could do it. He could do it, and yeah. he did it. So.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so on to uh, the next show on our list a little bit. We, already, we covered a little bit of uh, – sort of the, the stuff around community, but uh, what did you think of season three, episode 13, digital exploration of interior design <laughs> and, and, and the subway?
0: I, I don't know. I, I'm going through some things. I can't really talk. I can't. Remember. That was my, one of my favorite things is John Goodman saying, I'm going through some stuff. So <laughs>
1: With the ponytail. You got, you got to pony hear tail. the ponytail. I, I'm, I'm going right. through some stuff.
0: Yeah. Go through some stuff. Uh, you,
1: you know, it, it it was
0: if you're a community, it's one of those episodes. If you're a community fan, it was really funny. If you were tuning into the show for the first time, I can very much see you saying, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> and never tuning in again.
1: Yeah, you know. yeah, it kind it kind of has that. it It definitely it definitely is a show that you know, like you got to give it a few episodes, like so that you sort of get sort of the stuff that's going on, and and over a couple of ep, you know, two or three episodes, you get the dynamic between. Uh The various characters and stuff like that, but I think, yeah, you're right with an episode like this, though some of you would tune in and be like, "I don't have the time to give this you know two or three more episodes <laughs> and, you know to to try and, and get what's going on here
2: I don't think they care anymore, I don't think they care to... <laughs> it doesn't feel like they're trying to attract new fans with stuff like that i mean like I, it's hilarious if you're a fan but if you're not you're just not and i don't i don't think they are worried about that anymore it seems like you know they're like if you if you want to get on this ride come on with us and if you don't you know see you later
1: i think at a certain point that that's sort of what happens with any show like you at a certain point you have the audience you know within a range that you're going to get and in the first couple seasons you might get you know now with dvds and netflix and all these other ways that you can catch up on shows you know, if you hear that something's good, you might catch up with something and start in watching it. But I don't think that that's going to necessarily happen in season three or four or something like that, because that ends up you'd have a lot to catch up with to jump in. But community
0: is not—it's not just a continuing story with community. It's gotten strange. I mean, in 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 <laughs> in, in that interview with 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 Huffington Post with the Huffington Post, Chevy's like. You know, there's really none of this stuff really goes on in a community college. You know, I mean, (laughs) the first season was about being, a you know, who you'd find in a community college. And now it's like pillow fort versus blanket fort. I mean, it's just it's not (laughs) it it really the community. It could happen anywhere. It could happen in an office. It could happen on the moon at this point. You know, I mean, it's season two really, really set the bar for that, because almost every episode in season two was some wacky takeoff special theme episode and there was very few about six people interacting in in a community college you know and it's it was uh yeah. or seven people i'm sorry and it it's was also uh,
1: the biggest community college ever yeah <laughs> <laughs> like unbelievable amount of selection of programs at this community college
0: <laughs> right and, and i think that's what it is it's like i i love how dan harmon's like you know screw this we're just going to do the show we want just like you the, you guys said but it's not you know, if people are coming in saying this about it thinking it's about a community college, they're gonna be sadly disappointed because <laughs> <laughs> it well, you know, stopped okay. being that about that a long time ago.
2: To be fair though, if you I live in Los Angeles. If you've ever gone to a community college here for a class, that world is not so crazy. Like, I mean, that's not <laughs> that they would go not that it's gonna get all pillow fort versus blanket fort. But I'm saying like there are people who like, that's their thing. And I've, and I've only taken like water aerobics at the community college down the street. And I see it. I see it. That's a world. That is a world people yeah. get into and don't leave. I'm just all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
0: I, 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 will, <laughs> I will say this. I, I think there, I wonder when I didn't know, I'm surprised there hasn't been a backlash starting people like, I wish it was season one again, the classic community, you know, that kind of thing yeah. where <laughs> they were just playing paintball, you know, or something like that where, you know, it's, it's, it, and people forget that those episodes in season one were very much just about the seven of them together trying to interact with you know and figure out each other as people and friends and stuff like that. And it's kind of I, I, you know it's funny that I'm finding myself saying this because I think the show's hilarious, but it it has so become a show that has its fans and and that's it. That's you know that's- it's
2: like the theme song. Oh, the theme, the theme song. Not to get too deep is like sort of. Self prophesizing for people who are sort of like liked it, but not crazy about it. And the the, the lyrics of the song is something like one by one, reasons why I want to stay, one by one, they all just fade away. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like if you're not on, you know, board with this weirdness, then you're just going to, the reasons are going to fade away and you're probably going to stop watching.
0: Right. Like this show could have been an adult swim show at some point, I think. Oh, it, it feels be- like it now. Adult. It feels like yeah.
2: Children's Hospital at some times. It just feels like they just, we know what we are. We know what our strong suits are. We have this amazing, you know, bank of talent and, you know, comedy talent. And we're just going to let them have fun.
0: I think that's what we, if, if, if people look it from that perspective, that it's the highest rated adult swim show of all time. <laughs> and I think people will get a new perspective on it. It's got yeah. the most science of any adult swim show ever.
2: So. Well, that was the thing. I think that was the thing that, that Bob Greenblatt sort of, flirted with or talked about just very lightly um during his panel for TCAs this past winter, which was community in a lot of ways feels like a web show. And yeah. if it were that, then it didn't it wouldn't have the expectations that it has and it wouldn't have you know, wouldn't have to deal with ratings. But it's not a web show, it's a sitcom on primetime. So <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah.
1: so it does have to deal with the uh, things like ratings and whatnot. Which, uh, speaking of ratings, I think is a good way to segue into the killing, which had its second season debut, which debuted down from where the first season ended. Uh, the f- second season episodes one, reflections, and episode two, my lucky day. Hmm. So, what did you? Uh, what did you think? No, of- we're just
0: we're just letting things slowly contemplate and move along, <laughs> and not go right. too fast.
2: Listen, this is Jason's show. He has these segues that are priceless. His segues are just so smooth. I don't I'm taking notes.
0: Well, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of giving us the same feel of the show The Killing. That's all (laughs) That's all. That's all I'm trying to do.
2: I like the killing. I don't I'm not surprised that it didn't do as well though, because it's one of those shows, you know, it's so funny. I was sitting there, even without you asking that question, I was sitting there watching it last night thinking, and they gave me the screener, but for some reason I decided to just watch it in real time. Don't ask me why. But I was sitting there thinking, how are they going to keep this up? There's no way they're going to keep... And then, I don't know if you guys watched it, but this backpack up here, and I'm just like, what yeah. with the backpack? Are you kidding? And now, the guy was going to commit suicide, and then, and then there's a fisherman, yeah. and there's... and Yeah, and but then... Because I don't remember that part of the coma, but anyway, I mean, I just,
1: I just. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they they don't do the best of making uh, Vancouver look like a uh, look like Seattle.
0: Only you guys know for sure, because as far as I know, they all, it's all that Pacific Northwest stuff looks the same. So <laughs> I'm here in the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. It all looks <laughs> same, it all looks like the same rainy city to me. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> whether uh, it's, yeah, whether it's it's whether it's grim or uh, filmed in yeah. Portland or yeah. something filmed up in it, Vancouver.
0: It's all gray and and, and, and and you know, there's some nice modern architecture and, you know, lots of hippies and granola and, and weed. And hey. to me, it's all – no, I'm just kidding.
1: Well, my favorite thing about The Killing is that it rains in every episode and not just a little bit. It pours. At some point in time during every episode, it just pours like you wouldn't believe, which while it does rain a lot up here, it's more gray and drizzly you know and you get rain you get a little bit of rain over lots of days not a lot of rain on days you know but it's
2: and there's different types of rain in seattle that's right. what i love i learned living there is like there's sideways rain there's straight up and down rain there's like drizzle there's like a you know sort of a a fog layer i mean here's the thing though there's always you know eventually or, or ultimately, an episode, uh, part of the episode of the killing, where someone's looking out at the rain. Yeah. You know what? I lived there for four yeah. years. I didn't have that kind of time. I didn't have that kind of time. It, to look out the window and reflect. This,
0: this, yeah, it, it's not, it's not productive. I mean, when you're trying to find a murderer, <laughs> you've you got to murder yourself. Yeah.
1: Well, you got to sit down and contemplate and reflect on the things that have, right. That have happened.
0: Right. It, you know it. it <laughs> Exactly, and that's why it's taking them so long to find this this, woman, this girl killer. <laughs> but, you know, one of the one of the one of the things. First of all, I mean, I'm surprised uh, that Bakisha, you didn't like sit there and go, "Oh, now they've got a good old fashioned conspiracy going." You know, it's like they're grafting a conspiracy story onto uh, onto this murder, so that could take them for four or five seasons if they wanted but to. I just, want, to I just draw really the sound really- torture people.
2: I really hope they don't. I just, I mean, I I, I, I love I love the actress, Muriel Enos, and, and I love that she's, she is that. Like, she's that character that she's all the stuff that you'd hoped that, you know, Mar- Maria Bello could have been in Prime Suspect. You know what I mean? Like, just a real cop. She's just a she real was- detective, and it's so nice to see a woman in that role, and yet I don't feel like they have enough for her to do now. Like, they're just...
1: She chews a lot of gum. <laughs> <laughs> I got to, got to quit smoking there. Yeah. She wears the hell out of a heavy sweater.
2: Yeah. A heavy sweater yeah. and a ponytail gets you by. Yeah. In the exactly. Seattle.
1: I don't mind that they've, you know, the way I liked sort of what you saw in expanding out the show and what they're going to do, you know, that there's more, that there's, you know, more behind this and, and uh, what they did uh, with that. I wasn't one of the, I was one of the people that was a little upset by not finding out in the first season, just because if, you, if your tagline of your show is Who Killed Rosie Larson? and you're going 12, 13 episodes, and you've got games and you know, all kinds of stuff on the website about coming in and voting about who is, you know, who do you think is the most likely suspect after this episode, and, and all that stuff built around that. And then you're shocked that people thought you were gonna give them an answer at the end, I think is, you know, completely ridiculous. But I still like the show. Like, it's still good. I I I tuned in because I'm interested in watching these characters, not just in the final you know, that mystery being solved. I'm interested in this world that they've set up and the, you know, the the characters in it I find interesting. And so that's kind of where where I am with the show. I'm I'm on board for for a second season. Now they've have sort of promised that you will know who killed Rosie Larson by the end of this season. So yeah. they, they probably ought to do it now. You know, if they, if they don't, then the show will probably uh, uh, fall off the table. The only problem I have with the show is the way the second episode, you know, or the two hours ends is with Holder banging on her door saying, "And
2: drop the badge. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, banging on the door and she won't let him in and then he drops his badge and kind of goes off and you're like okay well they sort of showed you that holder was sort of a patsy in in this that you know he was trying you know he was willing to cut you know a few corners to get his detective's badge but he wasn't really in on all this stuff so if you're standing outside banging on somebody's door saying i need to talk to you why don't you give out a few details of what you need to tell them. Like you don't just tell them you need to talk to them, The that's the the type of writing where the only reason that happens is so that they can expand <laughs> and play with the tension between those two characters for another episode or two before right. bringing them back into the fold. But you're just like, nobody would do that. If you knew they were in there, you would say, I, I got to tell you what happened about the picture. You know, I I got duped, you know, or whatever. Like, you wouldn't just bang your head against the wall saying "I need to talk to you," which, right, and then just from her it. perspective, is just like "I'm not letting this guy in." He's, you know.
2: Would you? I mean, somebody put a hole in your door. I mean, that your door at this motel is clearly cheap, and this head is either really big, <laughs> and strong, or these doors are really cheap. And he busts, not just you know, bang your head against the wall. He busts a hole in the yeah. door with his head, and then he's like all right, I got to go, leaves the badge and walks off. I mean, like, if nothing else, you would be like, you want me to call 911 or...
1: Yeah, it's just that whole setup that would, like, yeah, you want to talk to her and stuff like that, and yeah, you just found out that, you know, you got duped. But you would, I think you would throw in some of those details when you were trying to tell her, because just banging on somebody's door like that is not going to get them to open it. And it's those those type of... he's (laughs)
0: mysterious. He's mysterious.
1: It's those type of things... Within shows where it takes you out of being engaged in the show, where you're just sitting there watching it and all of a sudden you go, that wouldn't happen. But, <laughs> that's not how that would happen. you know. But
0: last year was full of those moments. And that's, I think, one of the things that – see, I, you know, I'm not – I kind of got over the, the finale a little bit. I, I wasn't as angry as most people were. I mean there were reviewers who said you know, that you know, thanks for wasting 13 hours of my life. <laughs> you know, never going to watch the show again, yeah. and and you know that kind of thing. And it's yeah, just like the like,
1: acting and story was just terrible because you didn't yeah, get the answer that yeah. you thought you were promised. Well, which and, I and think to, they they did promise it, but you know, in what they did, well, still. It,
0: that's more the network than, yeah. than the producer. So AMC screwed that up, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, it is dumb moments like that that it just and and and, I, and I've wondered about this, it, and I wonder because most of the time, like the for the two flagship shows for AMC. Are where the two standard bearers were Breaking Bad and, Walking, and um, Mad Men. And those characters are so smart. And most of the time, there's an ulterior motive to what they're doing. They know that even when they act dumb, there's a reason for it. And yet on these other two shows, The Killing and The, Walk- and the Walking Dead, people are so stupid in these shows. And I wonder if people are like, think that every AMC character should be smart. You know? Because there were some moments in The Killing last year that I think made a lot of people's eyes roll. <laughs> and, and you know, just, you know, like when she went and jogged out and saw the logo to the casino, you know, and, oh, that's where the thing comes from or something like that. You know, it's, you know, where they didn't like trace uh, uh, license plates for the car that she was found in or something. You know, it, was, it, or it, it just there were such stupid moments last year. And I think people were so expecting a show to be highly intelligent and a different form of the police procedural that when they got those moments and then they got the ending that they got, people just got enraged. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah I, I I think so. There were some moments, you know, in the in the first season that were like that. But for the most part, I think it is a different take on sort of the police procedural and not that it's totally new, it never been done before that, that you do a case over uh you know, a season. I thought it was going to be more of like one case morphs into another case. You know, and you get a different case each season type of thing. Is is how it sort of played in the beginning, uh, and now they sort of decided that they've they're going into uh, you know a bigger conspiracy. And but for the most part, over the course, I enjoyed the first twelve or thirteen episodes or however many it was in the you know in the first season. And for the most part, it's it's really good, and there's interesting characters, and when they actually do something, uh, you know, give you more with the characters, it works really well. It does, though, the one thing in doing a procedural over the course of, you know, a long length of time is you have to keep throwing new things in there or things to distract or make things go from being a small case to there's something bigger around this case uh to continue to you know have story to tell uh because as we've seen is you can tell this story in 45 minutes (laughs) right they do it on law and order special victims unit you know on a weekly basis
2: but i think part of the frustration though is that because like you said there were those moments of brilliance and then like only to be followed by moments of complete idiocy or and that this character uh, Sarah Linden, detective Sarah Linden, is like no other woman detective we've ever seen on TV. Is just so encouraging. At the same time, she's just—I just don't think they have a lot to work with. And I think that it feels like at least that they're dragging this out, and that they should have solved the crime in the first season and maybe figured out something else for her to do. And I just—it just—if if it feels like it's being dragged out, that means that it is, and I... it—and it can. And, Audiences aren't aren't stupid. I mean, viewers are not going to, you know, continue to Im- invest their time for something that it feels like they're just, you know, dragging you along for the ride instead of actually giving you a ride.
1: Well, in the first season, they, you know, they mentioned that there was a big case that she wasn't able to solve, and I always thought that that was set up for future, like either somewhere along the line in trying to solve this case, she would come across a clue to her, that previous case that she wasn't able to solve, or. Somehow, in the second season, that's where it was going to go. That that that's the type of stuff that sort of makes sense. In uh, and maybe you know they've just decided. Maybe that is something that is in their mind. That maybe that's something they go to in in season three to to give to continue having this character be somebody you want to follow around. I don't mind so much if somebody does something stupid or or whatnot. It's when it feels like the writers had them do that so that they could expand out the show. That's where it bothers me.
2: And that's what it feels like, I think. Well, at least for me, like the second episode of from last night, it just felt like, how long are you going to draw this out? Like, And even like you said, him, him with the head in the door thing. It's like the guy in the car with him says, you're a tweaker. And then he goes and he's trying to talk to her and he behaves like a tweaker. Yeah,
1: like he, yeah, like he got right point, high on the way over there or something.
2: But up until this point, you weren't acting like a tweaker. But now you're just like tweaker and you're like, your head's in the door. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, what is happening with this show? And she's like on the other side, like listening. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I just thought they had, they should have had a better ending for that second episode, and I think they better hurry up and wrap up this case.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- that's all. Thing, the show, each episode doesn't have a big ending. It's, it's just like they start playing the pulsating music, and and then it ends. <laughs> you know, they show people looking at the rain, yeah. and, then, and then it ends. I mean, that's that's the problem. It's, it's you know,
1: and the next episode starts, and it's you know, the it's day whatever, uh in the yeah. in the thing. That that is the other thing I like is that it is covering, like, each episode covers roughly a day for the, for the most part. Uh, I do find that interesting that it's not over a long period of time. It's over a pretty short period of time that all this is happening. Uh, but speaking of shows that end uh, and with nothing, sort of, just sort of comes to an end, uh, we'll move to Game of Thrones, which the first episode does that quite well. You get all this stuff and then it just kind of ends. Uh, season 2, episode 1, the North Remembers. Joel doesn't watch. Uh, so what did you think of uh, the season two premiere, Makisha?
2: I enjoyed it. I, I love that show though. I love Game of Thrones. I think it's one of the tele- one of the television's best. I was really surprised that, I don't know if, you, if I'm sure you've heard, like New York Times recently just ripped it. And I, and, and I didn't, I'm not a big fan of the books. It's not like I've gotten to the books and I couldn't wait to watch the show. I just, I I love it purely as this, this great character study. I think um, Peter Dinklage is brilliant. I will say that there were a couple of moments during the first episode where it was sort of like that Dark Knight uh, Heath Ledger thing, where you just want him to come back. There was just it was I could not I couldn't get enough of Tyrion. I just wanted him to do more stuff, say more stuff, do more stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and and in the scenes where he wasn't in it, I was just kind of like you know. You, you, you're you catching up. I mean, that's the, it's the good and the bad part about a show this epic and this vast because you have all these characters and like, all these people now are vying for the throne and it's exhaustive, but it's worth it. So it's sort of like if you're a dedicated fan, it's not a big deal, but for people who maybe just kind of like, you know, casually watched maybe the first season, I don't know if they're going to be all about sec- the second season based on that first episode because there was so much so much introduction and so much like, you know, Oh, and here's where these people are. and Here's this person. And here's the, here's, you know, King Baratheon's brother that we didn't see. And yeah. here's his place. And, and, and here's, there's, here's the Targaryen chick. And now she's Khaleesi and, you know, her brother. And I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, wait, wait, wait. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it kind of plays. I, I, I think it's really, you know, I think it's one of the better shows on TV right now. It it's, you know the production value is extremely high mm-hmm. uh, it's and the characters are you know especially you know, like you said Tyrion is you know, you, you just, yeah you just want to follow you, you just you kind of want it to just be him you just follow him whatever he's doing all day long that just that would be the, that'd be a perfectly fine show for me but it it plays sort of you know similar to things like the killing and stuff like that where it's not about the episode it's about the season yeah and some of these shows they're almost hard to watch on an episode weekly basis because they really work well watching like if you just sit down and watch the whole first season or you know and because at the end of this episode you want to see more not necessarily because you know it was so great in that you want to see more of this it leaves you in that you don't know everything that's happening it leaves you with so many questions and you want to know you're like, no, the story can't stop now. I want to keep going. Like, I want, I want to continue on with this. You just like, it, it. It's almost even. Episodes don't even necessarily play. You know, sort of like a chapter of a book or something like that. They play in like almost. You end in the middle. Yeah. You're like, you're like, no. There's. Let me let me at least read the next five pages and get to the end of the chapter. Yeah. Uh, is the way sometimes it how... ends.
2: That's one of the reasons why I'm sure HBO sent critics the first four because of that, because otherwise you'd have that same kind of anger people had at the end of killing the killing where, you know, I need more. I need more. And it's addictive. It's a a very addictive show. It it, it does feel like a book in that way, but they do kind of stop in the middle of a chapter. And but it's really it's it's just really cohesive. But I will say I'm so glad I'm a critic because I got to watch all four. (laughs) <laughs> Which, also, again, made me, made me want more. So, I mean, in that way, it's really, I mean, like, of yeah. course, that's that's the whole point. Um, it's sort of like, you know, those the, the old-timey, um, you know, movie reels or comic strips or, you know, stuff like that for the kids or radio shows in that way that people used to listen to in the 30s and 40s that would leave you intentionally on that sort of cliffhanger and say, well, come back next week. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my mind. And that's good TV. That's good entertainment. That's what it's supposed to be about. I just don't know if people are always equipped for that and always are ready to invest that kind of time and energy into a show. That is, I would argue if, the, if they do have it, if they're up to the task, then this is the show to
1: do it with. Yeah. So, uh, Joel, anything here uh, convincing you? Well, no,
0: yeah, I mean, I think they argue it is convincing me. I just I think when I, I, I was talking on my podcast last week about it and, and my my podcast partner Jason who was also trying to convince me to watch it, and it's because it's for the most part I'm not. I will, you know, I just take a look at the the genre kind of, and it just, you know, I'm always like, well, I've never been into this kind of stuff. So, but I'm just, I'm just, it's one of those things where it feels like I'm. It's becoming a show I have to watch. But here's my problem: do I drop in? I can't drop into it in second season, right? I gotta, I gotta watch the first season first, right?
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, you, you you know you can, because you're almost needing to catch up. But I would say you need to watch the first season just because it's so good. Like, you know? yeah. and it does set you up at the uh, to go into it. But, but yeah, I definitely watched the first season, and I think uh, as your uh, co-host uh, on on your podcast said that, you know, if you watch the first couple episodes and it doesn't suck you in that you want to watch more, then you know that it's not the show for you, but but I think you may find that it does draw you in, and then you'll be, you know, you'll just be sitting there, and you'll watch all ten episodes.
0: Well, that's good, because it's just, maybe I, if I'm going to catch up with the show, it's going to be now, because if I wait till the end of the second season, then I'll be like, oh, now it's 20 hours i got to commit to this. <laughs> and that's when it starts to become, it, you know, it starts to become too much. It's just, you know, but in the position I'm in, it really does feel like a show that I feel like I have to watch. Like I was saying in the podcast, if I want to interview Peter Dinklage, right. Who's, you know, I've enjoyed in almost everything else he's been in, except for maybe uh death, death, uh, um, death at a funeral, the American version, oh, uh, and, and, you know, I want to talk to him about game of Thrones. Cause everybody's going to want to know about game of Thrones. Cause that's the thing he's been doing lately that everybody wants, you know, wants to talk about. And, and Basically, I'm shutting myself out from the opportunity to talk to either him or anybody from the show if I don't watch it, so you know for my job, I actually think it's probably imperative for me to watch it as a critic there There are some shows you need to watch just to be conversant you know just to to speak the language you know and not be clueless. so this is becoming one of them, apparently, like Mad Men five years ago was like that. this is becoming one of them now, so
2: downtown Abbey's like that.
0: Down Abbey. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's the other one on the list that I have to go yeah, back to.
1: That, that, that one's on Yeah, that one's on my list to catch up with at some time. Yeah. Yeah, it was like every time an episode airs, you know, like Twitter's blowing up with how great Down Abbey is and you're like, "Really? What? <laughs> Where does yeah. this come from?"
0: Right. People watch PBS. Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, only when Sherlock is on. But other than that, pretty much no. But uh you mentioned Mad Men, that's the Next show, on the the last show on the list, uh, Season 5, Episode 3, Tea Leaves. The Mad Men is a show that, for some reason, I can't get into.
0: Like, Oh, wow. Really?
1: But I feel the same way, like you were talking about Game of Thrones, in that I feel like I'm supposed to watch it. And so I watched most of the first season and then fell off towards the end of the season. And then when Season 2 came back, I caught up with the end of of season one and watched into season two, but dropped off again, did the same thing with season three and got about four episodes into season three and dropped off again. And then was just like, why do I keep doing this to myself? And didn't do this. Didn't do that with season four. And then there was this long break and I was like, well, it's going to, it's going to be a really long time before it comes back. I can catch up with it again and I'll, I'll give it a go for season five. And it didn't happen.
0: You know what? I I think I'm identifying the pattern though. You start watching the show, and and almost invariably in the first six episodes of any season, nothing happens. <laughs> M- Makisha, I, I, am I wrong? I mean,
2: no, he's right. Nothing yeah. happens. Got to go So you're ahead.
0: watching the yeah, nothing happens. So you watch the first four season, the first four episodes. You're like. Why am I watching this show? Nothing's happening. It's just people drinking and and furrowing their brows and and making racial jokes and calling women <laughs> girls jokes. and hun and darling and you know but then stuff happens after that. And and I think that's what cuz that when the the show premiered last week I was one of the few critics who thought that the episode was slow. Everybody thought, "Oh my god, a, a brilliant really return et cetera, et cetera. i thought the episode was slow and then i thought about it i'm like well complaining that an early in the season episode of mad men is slow is like complaining that most of the time a winter here in the northeast is cold you know <laughs> it's just going to happen that way so maybe that's your mistake maybe that you know um you're you're seeing the you're you're seeing the parts of the, the seasons that take time to develop and nothing really happens i don't know <laughs> just, and,
1: just each time i just can't you know i I think the show is really good. I think you know the acting is superb. It's got good writing, but for whatever reason, the you know the topic, the the pace of the show for something, it just doesn't it just doesn't grab me.
2: I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so McKeisha, what did you think of Fat Betty?
2: I didn't. I did not like Fat Betty. I love, yeah. and that's the thing. It's so hard because I love Mad Men so much, and in, as a critic, you have to be critical. But even if I weren't a critic, I still be a critic. You know what I mean? And when you love a show as much as I love Mad Men, it's hard sometimes to be uh, objective about when they don't do something to the caliber that they should, at least how I think they should. And I just thought that the cancer scare, though not expected in a way, was it, you know, sort of predictable. That's nice that it wasn't predictable because I guess the predictable route would have, to, would have been to have made her pregnant. Right. Because that's what she is. I mean, that's what she was when they were shooting the show. Um, and so for them to say instead of there was cancer, I'm like, okay, but the fat suit and the body doubles, I just, it just felt so, it almost felt satirical at times. Like, okay, do you hate January Jones to this extent? Do we hate her to this extent? I mean, it just, I just didn't, I could not get my head around last night's episode. And it was, it was such a good episode with the Peter, Pete Campbell, Roger Sterling stuff and this new Jewish guy that they hired and. And that to me, and the dynamic between uh, Don and Don and and Don and Megan and all that stuff to me was so much better than the Betty stuff. And I just felt like that's the that's how you're gonna. Because I'm all, I'm by, you know as a side thing anyway. I'm sort of always fascinated and drawn to how shows figure out ways to deal with their pregnant stars, like we mentioned earlier yeah. with Bones and what they did with em- em- Emily Deschanel. When you compare it to what they did last night on Mad Men, I would have even preferred that. I would have just well, even just had her, pre- just have her character be pregnant. If that's the best you can do, just have her be pregnant.
0: Well, here's here, one of the things that was weird. First of all, it kind of reminded me of the fat suit they put Elizabeth Moss in in the first season. And that's what everybody was, was saying.
2: Like, hey, season one called and Elizabeth Moss wants her fat suit back. I mean, just...
0: Right. There was a couple of scenes where it looked like a natural, it looked natural where it was just seemed like pregnancy weight for January Jones. But now, but there are other scenes. It felt like, like those were scenes that they shot after she had the baby, or something, you know, the ones where she had the fat suit, you know, it, it was weird. And and to I be mean, perfectly honest, with you, this show hasn't known what to do with January Jones for at least two seasons. Right. So I don't know. Maybe this is nothing new. I, I just the fact that she was maybe But it came
2: to a head, it, maybe you're. I, I think you're right. And I think what what maybe my reaction is in part is that now their lack of like, you know, the the, the indecisiveness in terms of her character came to a head last night. 'Cause that right. was ridiculous. <laughs> that was the right. worst fat suit I've ever seen. I mean, just I just thought, this is a good show. Why are you doing this? And it just felt so wrong. And I just felt like, isn't that just every ex husband's fantasy to see their ex wife get all fat, sitting Getting there fat. eating ice cream? I mean, just yeah. it, not that there's anything wrong with being fat. I just this so it's so it is just so I, there's no I, there's no segue to it. There was no well, precedent. There was no precedent of her eating before and having a even well, so it,
0: she's always been depressed, and, and I think she's depressed in this relationship with Henry. And and the fact that when she couldn't find Henry, she immediately called Don about her health scare and did not tell yeah. Henry about it shows that there's still that connection there. But the whole thing is, and I think it's the theme of this season, everybody's getting older and the youth culture is starting to bubble up and nobody knows what to do about it. And that's that seems to be the theme. I mean, all of a sudden, Don Draper looks very old this season compared to his wife, compared to those girls at the Rolling Stones, the, con- the Rolling Stones. Stones
2: con- yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's the theme of it. And maybe that's what he was trying to do was tie it in, saying Betty's not the young, pretty one anymore. She's, oh, my God, in her 30s. And, uh, you know, which was, you know, I hate to say this, was old back in the 60s. You know, not old, old, but I mean, like, Old as in like the perception was you're in your 30s, you're matronly and you're and you're 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 kind of, you know, the, the your period of being uh, a desirable woman, especially. But even, you know, is is over. And maybe that's what they're he's trying to show with the fat suit and and her depression and everything. It just didn't didn't sit well, it felt very comical watching her. It felt comical,
2: skirt. and I kept thinking, are they intentionally being funny? Like, I'm serious. Like, with the fat suit and the body doubles alone, like... Right. and this, <laughs> There's this one scene, and I intention, my, my husband's like, okay, get over it. Like, she's just fat now. And I'm like, no, watch this. And so I rewind the part where her kids are trying to zip her into the dress.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and there's a scene where they cut to a body double holding her tongue so that they can zip. And then the next scene, Betty january jones walks away and you clearly see that she's not fat and her stomach's just big because in real life she's pregnant and it it seemed like to be there was it wasn't seamless they didn't know what to do so they just seemed like they were just kind of like you know clobbering together these scenes and they didn't know how to put her body in it and the bath scene was weird to me (laughs) because of that and I just but felt we, like, be, don't try so hard. Just do something else.
0: <laughs> and But you're right, though. The rest of the episode was really good. And The rest and, of the
2: episode was so great. And I felt like, yeah. unfortunately, though, what is everybody talking about today? Fat Betty. And
0: right, so it right. completely
2: got eclipsed. Like, this amazing struggle between Pete and Roger completely yeah, and, got eclipsed by Fat Betty. And this amazing new Jewish character. And, this, and, you know, this introduction of a black reception or black secretary. All these, like, milestones in the show
0: and even, but even Peggy that, trying to, figure, that, right? Even Peggy trying to figure out what her place is, you know. Peggy trying to figure out what her
2: place is. He tells her, "You need somebody with, you know, you have to have it, get a penis." And she's like, "I work on that." You know, like these really right. great things, these great lines, these great moments. No one's talking about that today. Everybody's talking about January Jones in the fat suit, and that's unfortunate and because that, this show is too. so much better than
0: that. Yeah. Because well, it it's. <laughs> It was surprising, and, look, and it looked so ridiculously phony, it wasn't, it, it just, yeah. I mean, this is a show that tries, you know, they probably did so much research to get that Bugles box that she was eating out of, cor- correct to the time period, but yet, they put her in a fat suit that looks like a fat suit.
2: They put her in a fat suit, and this is John Hamm's directorial debut. OK, right. again, not thinking about that, not talking about that, not talking about this great tension between him and Harry or or he and, and, and Megan, or he, you know, him, him and him and Roger's conversation was great. But no, everybody's right. talking about that Betty, because that's what was so jarring about that fat suit and that and the jowls. Really? Yeah. Jowls?
1: <laughs> I mean, come
2: on. she's just eating bugles. They didn't show anything that would exhibit why she would blue loon. OK, granted, she had a thyroid problem or something. But really? Giles? I just I just I can't, I can't. I can't.
0: I can't. They were making her look like she ballooned up to like Rosie O'Donnell weight, you know, as opposed to, you know, maybe gaining twenty pounds. You know?
2: It's because her like, body looked
0: like Peggy she may have gained twenty pounds. Graduated. You know.
2: That's right. Peggy gradually got bigger because lo and behold, she was pregnant season one. Doesn't, right. doesn't Betty get a chance to gradually gain weight? <laughs> you just see her and she's like She's like fat bastard in in the in in the uh, Austin Powers movies. Overnight, she just wakes up, eats people's, and it's just like this, this obese. Yeah, I mean, just and her line is, "Oh, I'm not sick, I'm just fat." I'm like, no, like it just, it just And the ice cream, the ice cream, really, yeah. it's, it's not just it, trying to make Sally fat. I'm like, Sally doesn't have enough to deal with. Now you're trying to make Sally fat. I just, I was, I was, I couldn't deal with
0: it. I just, it's I, just. And for a minute there, when she had the thyroid problem, you were sympathetic of Betty. And then as soon as she said uh, she didn't have the cancer and then she ate, she ate the rest of that ice cream, you're back to, like, hating Betty's guts all over again. And, you know, it's just... Uh, you know, January Jones is the perfect actress to play Betty because people don't like January Jones to begin with, personally. No. So, you know, and she they don't think much of her acting. So... Maybe that's I don't know it 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 feels like but, Matt White playing a big joke on January Jones.
2: It did, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Joel. Is that it's one thing for fa- for viewers and fans to say I don't like January Jones, and people on Twitter saying today, "Good, bro, I'm glad Betty's fat. I hate Betty and all this <laughs> stuff." Okay, fine, whatever. I think it's lazy writing, but that's just me.
1: So but this aside- is <laughs> so April first was a good day to. Uh- it, it was the fat suit joke. Was the the April yeah. Fool's prank on Mad Men? That could have been.
0: It's, I know they they slipped a Romney line in there too. They had a. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's like
2: the Romney line that, and the Charlton Heston weed line. I mean, all these yeah. things are just so funny. And like and 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 the trade wins. Of course, I go and then I Google trade wins. I'm like, that was a group, and I'm just like all into that. But of course. Right. But but the bigger thing is like jarring is this that suit and uh, that's too bad. It's too bad they made a
0: Bewitched reference too. Oh my god! How many years it's been? How many years that shows on the air? They never made a Bewitched reference
2: until now. Yeah, and the, of course the girl got the names wrong.
0: But you it, was funny. <laughs> it was so hilarious.
2: What's so funny too is like, but it's one thing if fans hate her. It's, a, it's another thing if Matt Weiner hates her. And I honestly sat there and watched it last night and thought he hates January Jones. He hates her. And this is cruel. Like, and I'm not a fan of her. And I will say I'm a bit, I do appreciate her more after doing the, the round tables that we did, the AMC set up the junkets. And I'm, you know, I just, I, I, regardless of how I feel about her as an actress or even as a character, I just kind of felt like, you know what, Matt Weiner, you have to stick by her. You have to stick by her better than this. You can't just stick her in a fat suit. You just got to do better right. by her.
0: Maybe, maybe later in the season, but Jason. This is what you you got. You got to look forward to if you start watching again. Yeah. <laughs> the appearance of Fat Betty.
1: As I jump back in at some point. Is the yeah in the in in the first three episodes? Uh, looking forward to a, a slow meandering premiere followed by Fat Betty.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, what? it's the best show on TV. It is.
2: Well, it is. I love Game of Thrones. I can't say yeah. that it's better than Game of Thrones. These are right. my two favorite shows. And I can't pick one up the, or above the other or, you know, but I
0: just it really is the same principle. It's like we're all looking at the big picture, waiting to see how this pays off later in the season. So and it that, has to. Yeah,
2: it has to pay off. And they have in the past. So, of course, we have no reason to believe that they want it. I think that that's the pressure for the killing is you better make this pay off. We've seen good shows make things pay off. You got to do it now.
0: You have to do this. It, even The Walking Dead had a payoff after all that torture. Oh my god, <laughs> did,
2: it, did it! Oh boy, did it! I love The Walking Dead. I so it.
0: But the only show that didn't pay, didn't really help, didn't pay off its viewers after the torture was, was The Killing. <laughs> so, they, you know, they, they got at least go by The Walking Dead's example. They had a torture of a season, drove the view, drove the viewers crazy. But at least they gave us that great final episode where they killed a lot of zombies, and we got, you know. Uh, uh, the what's her name? The hooded character, and, and, and the like Michonne. hope, yeah Michonne. yeah, Michonne, and hope, and the prison, and hope that there's gonna be, you know, something going on in season three. And yet, the only,
2: know. I know we're not talking about the Walking Dead, but you, you brought it up, so I have to say something. Herschel should be dead because yes. there's no way with all those zombies surrounding him and that slow shotgun that he <laughs> could still be around.
0: He, he modified just, that shotgun to carry 500 rounds. <laughs>
1: well they they sort of they did finally show him uh loading the shotgun once the, I guess you assume that there were other times that he stopped to load the shotgun uh that you know it was off it was off camera uh, but the Whatever. one time that he does he almost shotgun. gets he almost gets eaten by a zombie but yeah it was totally uh it was very much like video game action like at some point in time you thought that there was some target that he was hitting that automatically reloaded his weapon. Like you know, yeah. as he was yeah. going through the game, if you shoot this zombie, you get more ammo. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that
2: actually makes yeah. more sense. There's no way in the world. His shotgun was that ready for, for action. And it's like the cell phones in 24, the first few seasons. Come on. What, 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 who was his carrier? Who, yeah, what, what brand of cell phone is he using? His battery power is this strong. Same thing with Herschel's gun.
1: Yeah. yeah, you you never see him uh, fiddling for a charger on twenty four.
2: No, and there's no way that's possible.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the the Walking Dead does the Walking Dead does really good uh, openings and endings of seasons. Yes, and they sort of flounder around in the in the center. Uh, on the Walking Dead note, I'm very interested though with how they with the things they showed you at the end of that and it being you know Glenn Mazzara in charge now for like what will happen next season to see how it changes because while the showrunner and whatnot changed in this, still a lot of what they had set up for the season was all created, you know, by right. the previous guy. And while they may not have executed everything down the stretch, the way that it would have gotten executed, uh, it still was sort of, you know, I'm still pretty sure they had their roadmap, you know, already in place. And so it will be interesting to see how the show really changes in the, in the next season with different you well, know, leadership at the top.
0: The only thing I worry about is Glenn Mazar is the man who was the showrunner for Hawthorne, which he seems to make fun of on a daily basis. At least he's <laughs> self-aware enough. At least he's self-aware enough that he that he makes fun of his experience there. The, the but show, uh, I can't believe. It does, worry me. Yeah, it, it, it does worry me. Yeah. It does worry me.
2: Who does Jada Pinkett have
1: pictures of? That's what everybody kept saying. That's what that show should have been called. Jada it,
0: Pinkett. It, it, somebody at TNT apparently, <laughs> Jada Pinkett is married to Will Smith. That that's that's what the show should have been called. So, uh, uh, you know, but that's what I mean. That's that's the only thing that worries me is that you know is these he's the one who brought us Hawthorne. So who knows? I
1: oh, mean, wow. yeah, they won't be advertising season season three of The Walking Dead from the creator right. of Hawthorne
0: right exactly <laughs> with the rna course,
2: capital Qatar, now have.
1: Yeah. okay well i think uh that'll about uh wrap things up for the for the podcast uh thank you uh both for for joining me on the episode been uh, it was fun. fun
2: this was fun thank you you guys
1: and uh i'll have uh as I said, mentioned before, we'll have links to where you can find both uh, Joel and Makisha online and uh, where you can find their podcasts at uh, tvtimes3.com slash 129. And you can also find uh, all the other guests that we have scheduled uh, for the month of April. You can go to tvtimes3.com slash April 2012. And uh, as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, about the shows we discussed. Uh, where, where do you come down on things like Game of Thrones and uh, Mad Men and, and The Killing? how things ended last year, started up this year, should Joel watch Game of Thrones, Uh, should I get back in on Mad Men. Uh, You can uh, send your feedback to feedback at tvtimes3.com. You can uh, hit us up on uh, Facebook or Twitter at tvtimes3, or you can send us a voice message uh, at tvtimes3.com. And also, uh, you can listen to the show in addition to finding it at the website and iTunes and various other places. You can find us on Stitcher, on the Stitcher radio app, which you can find on pretty much every phone, uh, mobile phone out there. Uh, You can find out more about our show at Stitcher.com slash TV or use TV as the activation code. And you can also find Joel's podcast and Tina Tina Free TV is on Stitcher as well.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Very much so. <laughs> I don't know who's listening to it on Stitcher, but it is there.
2: And you'll have to let us know, Jason, how people responded, because we're so passionate about Mad Men. I'm sure people <laughs> are like, what is wrong with these critics? But um, I would love Why to don't know. They,
0: li- <laughs> they say they like the show, but yet they keep criticizing it. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah. It's it's they wanted the to talk about was it. Fat Betty. <laughs> yeah. So... The opening and closing music is provided by IODA PromoNet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title, put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that will do it for this week.
0: Thanks, Jason. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We
1: got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. From TVaholic.com, and this week I have joining me—that'd be you, Joel. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know, it's you
0: know funny. He gave us this whole spiel beforehand, and now I'm like completely bonny. I'm—I'm Joel Keller.